Janitorial Manager presents the Business of Cleaning podcast, the podcast that brings you the information you need to be successful in the cleaning industry. The Business of Cleaning podcast provides in-depth interviews with successful personalities from the commercial cleaning industry, as well as discussing the trending topics that matter to you and your organization. Welcome to the Business of Cleaning podcast, your number one source of information on the commercial cleaning industry. We release new episodes monthly live from the janitorial manager studio located in Toledo, Ohio. I'm Tim Clagg, the marketing communications specialist here at AA Solutions and your host of the Business of Cleaning podcast. Today, we're talking with the owner and founder of C3 Commercial Cleaning and the founder of Smart Cleaning School, Ken Carfagno. Ken, you've been in the cleaning business since 2005 after taking a leap of faith and making a career change from the engineering field into the industry. Welcome aboard the show, Ken. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. It is a pleasure to be here. I am so excited. I hope this goes a long time because I have so much I want to share. So let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) You were working over 100 hours a week (laughs) uh, and your life really changed during a luncheon of somebody you looked up to and you wanted to have that same similar career path but one phrase in that luncheon stuck out with you change your life forever and it Mm -hmm. was if you want to have my job and live my life you're going to have to give up your personal life and sell out to the company. And that was the final red flag for you to create change. (laughs) That was one of my significant turning points in my life. I remember that so clearly. And it's a situation where I was an engineer for General Electric uh, on the, the Edison Engineering Development Program. So this is it's very sought after. It's hard to get into a very small percentage of college grads get accepted into this leadership program. They put you through two years of intense leadership training. They put you into rotations where you go around different components of the business so that they can essentially pick from those trainees, those leadership trainees to put into the fast track for the upper management, the, the E-band. So because of that, I got to, I mean, I got in, which was a miracle. Was like, I mean, I pursued it. I got it. But once I was in, Day one hit the ground. I mean, okay, you're here, Ken. We're having our annual board of directors meeting. You are one of the assigned to uh, be a welcoming kind of greeting for the board. So uh, here's the pictures and the names of all the board of directors. And we had to memorize all the pictures, all the names and practice them like kind of cue cards. And it's like, it's still kind of stressful because I'm 23, first job out of college. I'm like, I'm about to meet the whole board of directors of the company I'm working for that I'm going to be a career guy for that. And then in the midst of all the taller people, the shorter Jack Welch comes through the crowd, who's a legend in industry, Jack Welch of GE. And he's like, hey, Ken, Jack Welch, nice to meet you. I'm like, whoa, oh, hi, Mr. Welch. <laughs> Intimidation may take, factor. May I, may I take your coat and hang? And like, that was where I started. And I got in these really small high profile, high caliber rooms early on. Absolute blessing. I'm so thankful that I had that ability. And the guy that I was chasing after, uh, Mr. E, an engineering director of hundreds and hundreds of people at the, the GE branch I was at, he is very intimidating. Very, He was very intimidating. You're like, oh, oh, oh. You're like <laughs> you just can't get it out when you want to say it. 
and and he's just like, he's talking about all of the major uh, things coming. And this is in two thousand and one as a reference. Mm -hmm. So this is right before nine eleven, and it was before all of these things transpired. He was a visionary. He said, "Here's what's coming down the pike: wind, solar." Like, oh, cool! That that you're actually going to make something a fan spin up above the water. It's going to make electricity. He's like, yep. So in all of this proclaiming and visionary stuff, okay, let's open up for questions. We asked all of our, you know, corporate questions, mm -hmm. like the ones that make us look good to kind of put us in the right place to make next move. And then one of my peers, I forget, don't even know which one it was. I'm so thankful. He said, Mr. E, like this sounds awesome. Can you tell me what your personal life is like? pin drop mm. in that place and this is the reaction and i'll never forget this i'm not sure if this is going to be shown on video this particular interview or just okay so so watch my my posture he's like this and then he goes here's the question he goes oh just sinks down and he and he says and full credit to him i'm very thankful that he said this he says if you want my job you won't have a personal life I live, and this is down in South Carolina. I live here in Greenville, South Carolina. My wife lives in Atlanta, two oh and a half goodness. hours away. And I'm wanting to get married. I think we'll probably dig into more of my story, but I was at a pivotal point. And right there, that like deflated the entire balloon of me wanting to be that next GE executive that I was looking for a way out. So yeah, you brought up a you brought up a pretty significant milestone right off the bat. That's uh, that changed the direction of my entire career. And then you still lasted for four more years. This point, you alluded to it. You're in this state, this city, just yourself. Your wife, like you said, living two two and a half hours away. New opportunity for a young kid out of college. Um, mentally, where yeah. were you at during that during this time? Because Two hours doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're committing yourself to yeah. goodness gracious, um, so many hours, how soon did that kind of catch up with you where you were just mentally, physically worn down and maybe even started at that time to get a little depressed? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really interesting question. I probably have to give this a little bit of legs, a little bit of background too. So part of what you said at the beginning was, you know, I lasted. That's probably a good way to put it. I like endured, I lasted, I, I stopped showing up after that point. But let me back it yeah. up. So I, we made this move. Uh, I met my, my wife at the beach in Seattle City, New Jersey in, uh, in 1998. This first job was in 2000. And we were going to get married. I was just a little late to, little took me a little long, had some uh, indecision, which I get reamed for still. I, uh, I get that too with my okay. wife. I completely, so, we're on so the same in, page. It <laughs> took me three and a half years to make up my mind. I knew I just didn't do the deed. Mm -hmm. But so we, we, we moved to South Carolina together. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't a Christian at that point. So I would have done it differently had I made a decision in this state. But we did. We moved to South Carolina together. So it was her and I, boyfriend, girlfriend, and we're living down there. And I, like you said, I was just churning. I was burning, churning, burning. I was doing everything. I was all in. And the reason why it was 100 hours is because this leadership program I was in, if anyone listening to this has been associated with any of the GE leadership programs, they'll be like, can tell it. You've got a full-time job that you're rotating through different components of, of, of the company every six months. 
And so you got to constantly relearn a new job. You like got to be quick on your feet and learn the job. And they're like, oh, here's one of those leadership guys. And they make it harder for you too, because you're one of those. I'm just like out of college, but I'm, I'm treated like you're like you're like something. And that's how they that's how they did it. Like a prodigy. And, yeah, exactly. And so that's that right there was a, a 40 hour full time week. But you know, full time, you're you're brand new. I'm I'm probably 60 to 70 hours right there, just on the day job. Mm. Get there like seven, seven thirty, and I'm finishing up around like six o'clock. And then we have something called the A course. The the leadership program had the A course, the B mm. course, the C course. Essentially, the the A course was um, I think it was six credits towards your master's in, in engineering, and it was all done. Uh, engineering homework assignments week by week from experts within GE on different types of things. So you, so you actually have to use your engineering background and we're doing coursework for oh the whole, first, the whole first year, the second, the, the second year turned out to be the B course, which was leadership at GE's Crotonville center. I got two of those, which is um, renowned for leadership training. And then the third C course is completing the master's degree all while you're working like crazy. So my A course for that first year, they basically set it up where if you don't like we had people drop out, they didn't make it. It's, it's tough. You're talking finishing up work at six. Forget dinner. You just find something to eat. We meet up for class. Forget exactly what time it was. Maybe maybe it was a class at 630, let's say. And then we did a did a full class. We just sit there and, and like write, take notes and stuff. And then here's the assignment. They, they assign you into groups of four. And for the you know, for the next five, six days. You're working on this heavily detailed assignment and project together with your team from six o'clock, six thirty, whatever, whatever the other time was, till probably one, two in the morning. Burning the midnight oil. Good and lord. That, and that was that was five nights a week. And then the weekend we'd have to get together on Saturdays. And then Sunday, maybe we we'd have time to watch the football games and stuff and and try and catch up. But I was I mean, that's where the hundred hours came in. Oh. I don't know how many. It was a lot. But yeah, you're I'm getting home super late. And I never saw my now wife, Teresa. We just never saw each other. So I was a hard worker. So to your question, I was a very hard worker and I was ultra committed. This is the path I wanted. And so I was willing to sell it. I was 23. I was young. I was ready. And yeah, I was burning myself out, but I didn't realize it. And what happened was after completing the A course, which was around May or June of that, like I started in July of 2000. So by the, by the following, May, I think we ended the A course and then we had like a month break. And I was like, oh, that's, and we did, we did the B course where we traveled to New York and did the training and stuff. But in that space, that was too early to uh, the summer of 2021, I'm sorry, 2001, the summer of 2001. That's where I finally got to like, oh, wow, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. It's really nice here. Look, there's a town. There's a cool ice cream place called the Marble Slab where they roll their own ice cream. Hey, look at this. They've got this like miniature Italian village that in like the, the, the city's modeled after. They got these mm -hmm. waterfalls and family would visit us. And we had this great summer. And at the end of the summer, we went on this epic vacation to the Fiji Islands where I got we, we got to go scuba diving across from the, where the movie Castaway was shot. And in between point A and point, T, point B, I just, I just mentioned is when I went to that lunch and learn with Mr. E. And so that's kind of where it went. And once I, and so I was already kind of chilling, chilling in that summer, enjoying like, <laughs> I know the next fall is going to be crazy again. <laughs> and I got a year left of rotations. And then I heard Mr. E. And then 
just not. And then we we go to we. I was thinking about that, like whoa. And then we go to Fiji. It's incredible. I love the free, the freedom and the traveling. I want to do more of this, but how am I going to do that with GE? We get back two weeks after we get back. Nine eleven happens, and it messes up everything. Yeah. And in my heart, I'm like, I'm living 50, 12 hours away from my family. I don't want to be this far away. There's like the danger. It just messed up. It's really scared everyone. And then maybe two, three weeks later, I watched uh, for the first time my favorite movie of all time. It's called The Family Man with Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's my favorite. And the three of those, those three things, what happened was it basically is like a, it's like a dagger to my heart when I heard, you know, when I heard that if you want to want to work here, you won't have a personal life. So that, 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 that took out my dream and removed my ambition with it. And I basically started punching a clock and showing up and praying to God that I would find a better thing in my life. I didn't know it was going to be something different at GE or just something better. And I stopped showing up. I don't recommend doing like I quit. I I basically quit and took them what uh, four years to fire me. The the four years. And I don't recommend doing the things I did. Um, But that's what happened. So yeah, I was burnt out and it was a really tough stage. But when I was, like I said, when I was in it, when my heart was in it, I was all in and I didn't care how much I slept. And when that summer came, I caught up on sleep and I didn't even mention I was taking my GREs on that summer too. So it's like, I I didn't give myself a total break. I was, I, anyway, I can go a lot farther with that, but I wanted to answer at least part of that question. Change comes at us pretty fast in life. And Ken, you were experiencing a colossal shift in change in 2005, you had an 11-month-old yeah. son. Yeah. Um, debt had started to climb up to upwards of, I believe, $160,000. You had just lost your job. You just mentioned it. Uh, mm. Fired from GE. How were you dealing <laughs> with all of these changes at this time? Because you're still a young guy. Mm. You've got your wife. And how resourceful, how did this kind of strengthen you guys together? Yeah, I'm 28 at this point. And we had our, we got married. So I mentioned we left Greenville, <clears throat> excuse me. We left Greenville in the summer of 2002. And we moved to Schenectady, New York, primarily because it was, I was done with my, I'll get to your question, but I was done with my rotational program in Greenville and I was coming off leadership program to become, to move into that track. But my heart, my heart was gone. I didn't care. I'm just like, I'm with GE. I got a job. I got benefits. We had just started. Um, you know, we got a- after the whole 9-11 thing a few months later, that led to some significant events. And I'm, I'm getting to your question. But in early 2002, yeah, early 2002, I proposed to my girlfriend and I took her back to where we met on the beach. She said yes, obviously, and thankfully. <laughs> and not long after that, within a few weeks, I was, um, <laughs> there's a long story around it. I'll have to do my own podcast about it sometime. Um, but I re-met one of my best friends from college while I was in Greenville, who happened to be at the same city after being at Penn State together. At that point, he was part of the Amway Quickstar business. And um, and he's like, you should check out this this speaker. He's a, he's um, 30 years old, financially independent. He hasn't, and I'm like, Sounds good. I love to listen to a guy that's 30 and a financing independent. That's what I'd love to be. I don't want to be at this <laughs> GE place anymore. I was right. like checked out. So I went to the presentation. I'm like, oh man, sign me up. We both got in a quick star Amway. 
And that was a great journey. It taught us the, the the beginnings of how to become an entrepreneur and the, the business mindset. We did that for quite a while. And, and, and not long after that, um, through an Amway or a Quick Start convention, we actually um, met Jesus and we received Jesus, uh, me and my wife together. It was amazing. It cha- completely changed our life. And then we're like, boom, right after that, within a month after that, we're like, we're leaving. We're going back to Schenectady, New York, which is not Philadelphia area where we're from. It's not where our family is. But 12 hours compared to four is much better. And I said, honey, I promise you, we'll just be here for two years so that we can get back to Philadelphia. Two years ended up being 16. But that's also that that comes back to your question. Because I was there from 2002 in New York through 2005. And we were basically building three part-time companies. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to the cleaning one, I'm sure. But we were doing Amway and... We had done a little bridal company, like selling wedding album books and gown preservation and like trying to connect and 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 build great relationships with like the wedding industry. And and that might have been our business. We were looking. We're, we're just like the entrepreneur of spirit came alive and I was looking for something. And we just we joined and just worked at it. And GE took a back back seat for sure. And so where we were at that point was. I'm also, we're accumulating the debt because she's finishing up school. And that's where some of that, you know, a lot of that debt came in. Um, private school for her. I still had some leftover from me. It just kept climbing. We made some very poor financial decisions. And we got it like $167,000 in debt. We owed 35 different people slash businesses, debt collectors, whatever, a piece of that. And it was very wow. stressful. And then going into work on October 30th, 2005. Thankfully, just four months, uh, five, three, three months after getting, uh, starting a cleaning business. My wife started the business. Mm-hmm. But going into work, October 30th, 2005, my career, everything I'd worked for, GE was always going to be the thing. I was, they were going to keep me forever so I, so that on the side, I could do the things I want to do so I could get out of my own terms. That didn't work out because that day I was tapped on the shoulder and I had I had performance reviews prior to this that said, can you suck? Can you still suck? Can you really, really suck? I'm like, oh, I'm doing fine here. I'll take your, like, I was just so oblivious. I was so optimistic, just blinders on. When I get out of this job on my own terms, can come with me. I went, you're out. And I remember, so how do I feel? I sat and I, I left for lunch after that meeting. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to think about it. It was a Friday. Um, come back on Monday, meet again. How do I want to? How do I want to proceed? There's some options. I want to like resign or I want to do whatever. And I did negotiate a, a nice kind of leaving package, which helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, I sat in the parking lot of GE, and then I went over to Wendy's, which is down the road. I was gonna like, I I just couldn't even process. This was like waves and waves of like, like comprehension and and grief starting like everything it's been taken from me. I'm like, this is this real? Is it not real? I ended up not telling my wife about this for a week. And I, I, I remember speaking with my mentors that were in the Amway business. I'm like, this is what just happened. Like, how do, help me. I'm like, how do I shit? Like, I should have told my wife right away, but I was scared to tell her because I'm not going to make it as a man now because I just got, I just lost my job and we make like nothing. All these part-time businesses, they don't make any money. You make like 500 bucks total between the three of them. Like, yay, that's not going to pay the bills. So that, that put me, that put me in a very hard position and I was very depressed. And 
I went from ultra optimistic to like reality set in so quick that it was extremely tough. I didn't sleep well. I didn't tell my wife for a week, like I said. And I, I mean, thankfully we're, we're just, we're, we're faith people. And so I'm deeply in prayer. I'm just like looking for like help, help, help. Yeah, what do I do? Sign. yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell, I didn't tell my family. It was six months later, I think. So I told my family. So it's just, that was a really challenging time. And then knowing that here I am in that Wendy's parking lot, I'm sitting there and here's the thoughts I'm having. Everything I just worked for. All those years of Penn State, all those years of high school preparing for that, those years of leadership, all that stuff, 10 years of my life, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. And what do I have to show for it? We had no, we had barely any money in the bank and I had 10,000 bucks in a, in a, in a, what's a 401k that I built up. And I had stock options, which I earned stock options, but they're worth nothing. Basically, you lose them once you, when you get fired. Yeah. And, and so here I am with like 10,000 bucks which would end up being our living expenses for the first year because we made less than $18,000 our, our first year in the cleaning business. I'm sitting there in that parking lot. I'm like, it's gone. We have $170,000 in debt. I have no income. I have no medical insurance. Um, well, I had a like for a little bit longer. Yeah. And I've got a wife that stays home. She's not working. And I have a brand new 11 month old baby that they all look up to me as I'm a hero and I'm a total failure. That's how I felt in that Wendy's parking lot that day. So I, that's uh, I'm not sure where you want to go from there, but you're, you're like, you're hitting off, you're hitting some, <laughs> you're hitting some like big ones right off the bat, man. You're making me relive this. Oh, <laughs> you, you mentioned Ken, um, your, your wife had started the cleaning business and it came through conversation at that time with your apartment complex manager who, you know, was having some issues and, you know, your wife had a great idea. Well, this is something we can do. And actually he, your apartment complex manager at that time was your first referral. And it led to vendor status with uh, Caldwell banker. Mm. And you guys started to see some business start to roll in. Um, you mentioned $18,000 the, the first year in that business. Um, was there a time during the first couple of years where we thought, you know what, we're pouring our souls here into this. Maybe this isn't the answer still that we're looking for. What pushed you and your wife through that, that helped carry you into the next few years? Because after that, after that moment, it seems like that's when really things kind of started to turn around for you. <laughs> Our faith, our faith. There's, there's no, no, no question that with, without our firm foundation of faith within Jesus, we, we would have been totally toast. I wanted to quit every single day. I did not want to be like, here's a feeling of total embarrassment. I am a highly educated mechanical yes, engineer. Yes, you are. Almost finished up with a master's in mechanical engineering, been through the top profile, what a prop leadership for me at GE. And now I'm cleaning houses, cleaning people's toilets. And I show up at an estimate with my Carfagno cleaning back then. And I'm like the business guy. And it's a guy that I used to work with at GE. Really? Like, oh my gosh. And it's not like I'm the business 
I'm the owner, but I'm also the cleaner. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all this professional stuff, but I'll be the one personally coming to your house and cleaning your toilet for you. And that right there was a, a, a humbling experience. So I, we weren't making any money. I mean, the first year we did $30,000 in revenue. The second year, 60. The third year, 61, maybe. And in that first year, we our profit was like, like I said, $18,000. I don't know how we paid the rent. I have no idea. It was a mm. miracle. The rent was paid and there was food. And when, and when our when our car got repoed in 2006 and we just we made it an event, come here, family. Let's look out the window. Let's wave goodbye to the car. Bye, car. Bye, Honda Accord. You look good from the back. We'll see you again sometime. Right? Uh-uh. Like, and, and it's just fun. You, you, we tried to make it fun. We made an experience out of it. We knew we'd have a great testimony to share one day. I wanted to just quit all the time. I was still part of the Amway business and I had great mentors there and they were teaching me good, firm business owner mindset, growing me, growing me, growing me. And I relied on this. Like I call up, I'm like, I want to quit. Why don't you try this, try this. And then, because they're helping me with the cleaning business in the early on too. And this thing, have you tried? Oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. And they say, if you don't get to this kind of point, like if you don't start seeing some, some progress, then you probably want to ch- go back in engineering or try something else. I tried reapplying and I tried doing some interviews in engineering, no, not the right fit. And I just, it just didn't look good on my resume when I have all this stuff. And then it says cleaning business, $30,000 of revenue. But like, what the heck is this? That mm-hmm. I left my last job. Why would you leave GE? Well, I got let go. Well, you're not going to make it here. So that didn't, that didn't make it. So now you, you to the, to the point you're asking now, I remember in 2000, I'm going to go to 2008 because this is where it turned around. From 2005, working our buns off, um, my wife mostly, and then the the introduction happened. You know, well, let me set it up. The the apartment land apartment property manager is just like coming over to you know walking around the courtyard. My wife's out there with the baby, and he just looks up and says, "Oh, hi, Teresa," and he's like, "Oh, hi, Brett. How you doing?" And he's like, eh, you know, like eh, like that. He's like, "What's wrong, Brett?" And he goes, "The cleaners again." And they weren't doing a good job at the apartment complex. And he's like, Teresa, do you clean? She says, no, my husband does. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, smart. And and Brad says, if you set up a cleaning business, if you want some extra money, we'll we'll give you all the apartments to clean for some extra money. And we're like, she's like, all right. She got there. She got some insurance over at State Farm, I think, for like whatever she could figure out. We went on eBay and got a backpack. No, no, she used our vacuum our stuff and she put the baby on her back and she's cleaning up. I'm like, turned it into a workout. Yeah. Yeah. And then she got me to help her and then I got fired. Right. And then that same property, that same land uh, property manager passed on the card actually to his boyfriend of all things. And he was a real estate agent at Coa banker. And I get a call from Coa banker when I'm deep in wow. depression in late November. I'm like, I'm losing the job. I'm like out of here. I, I arranged negotiate to stay on from October, end of October through the end of the year, basically showing up part-time hours with full-time pay. They, they hooked me up for that time to help my family. But I was like looking for jobs. I was trying to get the business going. I get a call late November from Coa banker. Hey, your uh, information just happened to come across our desk. We, we keep three preferred vendors on for cleaners. We have 750 agents that, that look for cleaning help. We have two. The third one just got sick and can't do it anymore. Would you be interested in an interview? Uh, 
Yes. Absolutely. That was February of 2006. And I got in with Coa Banker. They beat me up bad. Like they taught me how to clean. Those people taught me how to clean. Those realtors, they taught me how to do what's called pre- what I call presentation cleaning, how to prepare a property to look amazing for a showing or to sell a house. And I learned how to clean through that. I did a window cleaning. I did some carpet cleaning. I did um, apartment cleaning. I did house cleaning. I did like everything. I did whatever someone was giving me because I needed the money. I worked around. I, I got my, my desire back and I got that work ethic back that I mentioned in the early parts of GE. And so I was doing the work, but making no money. And so the frustration would set in, even though the numbers looked awful, I was still excited and I was listening daily to something positive. I was still part of the Emily Quickstar business. So they had like uh, CDs you can listen to that would be positive mindset. I was reading books all the time for positive mindset. Equate that to, to, to today's world. I'm listening to audiobooks and podcasts while yeah. I'm cleaning to keep my mind fresh. And that kept me positive to get through the tough times. And I had some really good Christian radio stations that certain songs really hit me and motivated me to get through one more day. But it was in 2008 when Coach Herb, who was from the Amway business, he very, very successful. Here's what he said to me in a coaching call. He's looking at me. He's, I'm growing. I'm bringing on employees, like five part-time employees. And I'm like, I'm going, but Herb, I'm not making any money. And he looks at me and he says, Ken, you can't, here's, based on your numbers, you can't afford employees. Mm. Well, okay, so what do I do? You, I'm a simple guy. He says, I'm a simple guy from Kentucky. You're either going to grow fast enough to give them work, or you're going to get rid of the employees and start over and build a real business and grow it to, to the point where you have enough work for you and then get 20, 25% more than you can handle and hire someone part-time and bring them up to, stay, up to speed. And one by one, build a team. I'm like, that makes sense. What do I do? Are you listening, Ken? And I, <laughs> I have an episode where I actually ha- this podcast, I mean, this uh, coaching call, I recorded it and I actually put it on my podcast. It's called You Can't Afford Employees in the Smart Cleaning School. So if you're listening to this, you want to hear Herb Rip, Ken, it's actually, it's real. It's recorded there. And so after that, I went back to solo cleaning mm-hmm. and that's where I finally went from the red to the black. And and that's when, like after that, because I went from because we were doing five thousand a month, maybe a couple months we did like seven thousand. Like wow, this is great, but we're keeping like fifteen hundred. And then had that first month solo, did like what four or five thousand, kept like three. Oh, it doubled our income overnight, and we cleared our bills. We were able to pay our like our our minimum payments, and that's when we started to get a little traction. And that's when I, that's the point when we knew it, it was going to work if I was going to keep working it. And, you know, for, but to, to your, the main question was, how do we sustain? It was our faith. It was our faith in having those books and, and podcasts coming in and, and fueling the positive mindset because it was tough. So at this point, you guys have had your breakthrough. You're starting to make some money, but it's then again, you realize I'm still putting in 60, 70 plus hours, 80 hours, yeah. not being able to spend the important time. What I'm talking about is with your family. When was it that you kind of had that epiphany moment? Okay, we're making money, but I'm just, I'm, I'm wore out. I'm missing things or I, I or the kids are get, starting to get to that age where I don't want to miss things mm. um, that you couldn't continue down this path 
What what hypothesis did you come to? <laughs> Great question for the engineer. What hypothesis did you come to, <laughs> Mr. Edison? I'm going to keep it pretty simple, actually. <laughs> when I was working as an engineer, 100 hours, it was slightly physical, highly mental and emotional. But when you're cleaning houses six, sometimes seven days a week in apartment complexes, and you're going 60, 70, 80 hours of cleaning, phys physically cleaning, mm -hmm. now you add a physical component. And so 60, 70 hours of, so it, so anyone out there listening that's like newer in business and you're cleaning by yourself and you're hustling and you relate to this next statement, you know what I'm talking about. But when you are cleaning 50, 60, 70 hours a week, the, the hope of a future is like, oh, I can never get out of this because that 60 hours physical, mental, emotional felt like 110 mm -hmm. when I was just sitting at a desk doing mental, emotional because that physical component was really tough. And I was burning out big time. And I, at this point, we're in 2000, I'm going to fast forward probably around 2012 and 13. And we're making, I'll just share some numbers. We're making like 60 to $70,000 in profit, 60, 60 $65,000 yeah. in profit. But it's taking me five, six, six and a half days a week to do. And this is 2012, 13. So I've got, let's see, my son born in 04. So that puts him at nine. So nine, six, three. We had three kids. I'm not seeing my kids. I just want to be a dad. Yeah. That trip to Fiji, I want to travel. I want to do stuff with my family. I don't want to miss this time. And I'm burning out. I get home, daddy, daddy. Daddy needs to sit down. And I did my best. I couldn't sustain that. I couldn't sustain that. I needed a way out. I knew scaling was going to be a solution at some point, but I was afraid of it because I'd failed so miserably the first time. And so I'm looking for another path. And so the breakthrough came. When in 2014, I met a new best friend. His name is Vincent Puglisi. He is the founder of Total Life Freedom. He's written multiple books that are, um, well, he won't say they're bestsellers, but he does very well. <laughs> he, he's built a mastermind community that I'm a part of outside of cleaning. We met at a Dave Ramsey, Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk conference in New York City. Chance encounter, we meet. And after that, we build up a friendship. And he's in uh, sports um, photography and journalism, incredible, like on the court, NBA finals, Stanley Cup, Super Bowls, big time stuff he was doing. It was super cool. And I saw the lifestyle he had as a solo mm -hmm. photographer. He's like, I'm talking to him in like October. I was like, yeah, I got this one more. He does weddings too. I got this one more wedding to do. And then my next one's in April. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So what are you doing between now and April? gonna travel i'm gonna do, like what do you mean you've off like it just blew my mind he had this level of freedom and i started asking him and we together we started masterminding and i started applying some principles that he had done but also and i had worked with him and it was hmm he has figured out a way to be a solo operator in a photography business where he could create a six-figure income basically eight months out of the year seven months out of the year and it's like Saturdays and a couple of days of editing. Could I? And and this is one another one of my podcasts. Don't say I can't. Change your two words to three. Change I can't to how can I? How can I? How can I do something similar? How can I? I'm an engineer. Can I optimize the business that I have? <laughs> yep. So Vincent's information, and then all that GE stuff came into play. I start pulling my numbers. I start tracking everything. 
I start looking at the potential. I start uh, figuring out on like on the on the walks with my wife. Hey, what if we did this, this, and this, and this? And I I, I could shrink down a day of work here. I could shrink a week or a day over here. And we over the next trial and error of like losing customers, gaining customers, getting higher paying clients, getting faster by using some of my engineering toolbox I knew, like the 80-20 rule, learning how to incorporate that and taking my average clean from like three and a half hours down to down to two and a half and taking my average customer doing houses is before I switch over to commercial, mm-hmm. my average house from like 140 to almost $200 that change was allowed us to go from five, six days a week and like 50, 60,000 in profit at that point to two days a week and the same profit. So it took a couple of years by 2000, by late 2015 and into 16, I would say that as a solo cleaner, we had made it because now I'm making the income more than the income we, we, we were making as a full-time when I had a job but because of all the deductions and everything, it's actually way better. And I'm chilling with my family. I switched the weekends around. I went from two-day weekends, which I barely had a GE. Now I have five-day weekends. And I could start working on building a platform. And I wrote a book during that time. I started the Smart Cleaning School and the podcast and stuff in that time. And then it goes from there. But that the question you asked about what was kind of the breakthrough, it was Vincent seeing someone else that had done optimizing a business that didn't that they didn't have to hire people i'm like i'm super i'm super interested in a, in a process where i don't have to hire anyone right now and still get the goal which was time 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 we're talking with the owner and founder of c3 commercial cleaning and the founder of the smart cleaning school ken carfagno can a recent study revealed that the average american family right now in 2023 only has $2,000 in the bank. Mm. Let's discuss that discipline that it takes because there's a lot of things. You know, obviously, one of the things that I enjoy with my family is being able to go out to dinner, right? Everybody likes to do that, get a night out. Mom or dad doesn't have to cook. Uh, the determination and then the success that it took you to be able to. Uh, eliminate and be able to that debt and be able to do and focus on going on those vacations. Or uh, I know you guys go to Florida for a whole month. Mm. So discuss the Mm. mental focus and discipline that it takes. (laughs) In 2008, you make it sound so good and so easy, right? (laughs) (laughs) To anyone listening out there, uh, I'll give my props right now to, to Dave Ramsey's program. Uh, he They helped us a ton. He helped us a ton. Not personally, not one-on-one. In 2008, I mean, we had had things. Yeah, 2008 is before we had the breakthrough. I'm cleaning by myself, and I had, like, just started turning a profit. <laughs> like, we are still screwed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, when we get to, the numbers here are all red still. Even like all this debt, like $160,000 in debt, one sixty-seven. all these debtors and stuff. And we go to our church. I'm like, I'm hoping they're going to give me some money. Like, can you help us? We are so, we are a tough couple. <laughs> and they, um, and I met with a guy and it was, uh, and here's what he did. He didn't give us money. He said, here's a book. Bring all your information. Let me see your finances. He did some financial um, coaching with me. 
Here's a book, Dave Ramsey, Total Money Makeover. He handed me the book. He said, start reading this book. Um, and when you finish it, come back, we'll do the next meeting. I said, all right. And he gave me a $50 gas card. Like, thank you very much. Wow. So that helped a little bit. I ate that book. I was just going to ask how fast you ran through it. Dude, I got a fork and a plate and I ate that book. <laughs> <laughs> I tore through that book, got my highlighters, got my pen marker. I'm like, this is so stinking simple. I complicate too much. This is so simple. I got a plan. And that was, I think that would be a good blueprint for anyone that's struggling in anything. Get a why, get a dream. In this case, it was simple. I wanted to be debt free. I listened to the Dave Ramsey show. I heard people were debt free. I heard the debt free screams. I wanted that. I had the why. You need the plan. I now had the plan. This goes for a, a janitorial company. You need the why. You need the plan. Then you need the hustle. You better get out there and go get it done. Don't just talk a big game. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> right? It's uh, easy to do. Yeah. NATO, no action, talk only. I learned that in the Amway. Don't be NATO. <laughs> no action, <laughs> talk only. So there's three steps. And then there's some feedback loop too, right? Like kind of evaluate, track and evaluate and analyze. And I know janitorial manager, you have all the, the tools and stuff to help companies do that. But that's where I, I was. Like mm -hmm. the dream was debt free. And that when I get excited about a dream, I go after it. And we're like, we're going to kill this in the next couple of years. Dot, dot, dot. 13 years later of consistent every single month doing a budget meeting with my wife, figuring out how to, how to shortcut some stuff and save money. Whenever we got to the food budget was when the, the, the inevitable argument was going to happen. What do you mean you need $500 for food? We don't need that. <laughs> don't you remember ramen noodle from college? Absolutely. Seriously. And then it's like, but well, we have kids. They eat yep. too. They don't need to eat. <laughs> Hey, just give him your milk still. He's 12. No. <laughs> but you know, it's like you couldn't do that stuff. And so we had to, we had to budget and we 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 learned how to be unified in the money. And at the end of the budget meeting, we just like Dave Ramsey would teach us, like, I don't follow Dave as much now, but like he would say, basically give every dollar an assignment. I'm like, all right, we'll give it an assignment. And we were able to assign at the beginning before we actually executed a budget month. We knew what was coming in because I, I was all recurring house cleaning. I knew how much was coming in. I had my knew my numbers. So we could plug all those in. I knew how much tax they were going to be. I was an engineer. I had these spreadsheets galore. It was just crazy. <laughs> but I would take the, the every dollar thing. Like we have $500 that we're able to scrounge. This, how, this, this is going to go to debt. That's our seed toward debt. We had no savings, nothing. It's to debt. So each month, 300 bucks, 500 bucks. And just fueled month by month. Couple months we had two thousand we could put toward it. Couple months, you know, we had a couple three and four thousand a month. And then as we got closer to the end, we ended up paying off all our debt in twenty twenty. So two thousand eight, two thousand seven, whatever, two thousand twenty, yeah. thirteen, thirteen years to pay off one hundred sixty seven thousand dollars. No mortgage. It was like credit card fifty thousand in, in like credit card, medical, legal, all kinds of stuff there. Um, the re um, the repossession, and then there's college debt. So it all added up and. It wiped us out. And we still managed, though, through all that time to stay positive and to do some things as a family. Like we didn't, we took, I remember we had this, I had these two customers that paid cash. And I was able to like, just kind of take the cash and put it in a drawer, like put it in a drawer. I still paid the sales tax and stuff on it, so I didn't do anything illegally. But I put the cash in the drawer. Like I got paid $100 bills. 
So we put the cash in the drawer because we wanted to go to Disney bad. And in 2012, we had saved up about $5,000 from $100 bills in cash. <laughs> and there it is. There's Disney. We paid cash to go to Disney, and I budgeted every single item to be able to pull that trip off. And we got to do it. And we wanted to spend time and do traveling with our family. But it was tough. Those, those years, like to your, to your point, anyone out there struggling with debt knows what this is like. And if, and if you're just looking at each month, you're barely making it. And like, how can I even scrounge up anything? You do what you do. You do what you got to do and get the hustle on. Um, you, know, you, you, will, you will get there. You start with little pieces. Dave Ramsey says the baby steps. So get baby steps. And I, we did it. When we started getting $50. You pay off a couple debts, smaller ones, and you can roll the, the money from the we're paying in the debt one and two and roll it into the third one. Roll the third into the fourth. It picks up steam. It takes some, it takes people shorter than us, but yet we still did it and we were fueled the whole way. So um it was a it was a tough journey. And we we're building our business the whole time. And and we had number uh child number four and five within that time too. And we were still living up in upstate New York and that I had not fulfilled my promise of bringing her back to Philadelphia yet. Perseverance pays off. Uh, Ken, for a long time in your cleaning career, you were focusing and involved in the residential side of things. You alluded to it a little bit earlier in this interview. What allowed you to kind of make that pivot and also now in the last several years focus on uh, getting into the commercial side of the industry for you? Probably the so we, we took that first solo cleaning business. That's what it was. In 2018, I sold an optimized solo cleaning business the, the same way that I teach it now to help someone develop that. I was working two days a week, making, say, $60,000 profit. And I sold it for $80,000, which was really amazing. I found the right person to sell it to, on, like helped them, trained them into it, and never did cleaning before. And he took it on. Um, he's able to quit his full-time job in a matter of months after taking that business on because it's already optimized. Just show up and just do a great job. And so we we did move back to the Philadelphia area. And I was already doing some stuff online, platform, podcast was starting soon, courses. And I really wanted to be all in on coaching and consulting, cleaning companies and building memberships and helping people do what you're doing, you know, over there. And that's what I wanted. But I was also kind of fooling myself because we weren't making that much money doing it. And who am I? I'm a cleaner. So uh, in that mastermind I mentioned I'm a part of, I went to a Gatlinburg retreat with Tell Life Freedom. And they're like, dude, you need to get back in gear. You, and I had a few new clients. Like I did take on a couple. I took uh, I took a vet hospital and, and another office close by. And I wasn't doing any houses yet. I just had the two and I was just extra money. And at that at that retreat, it's like, you taught people how to optimize a solo cleaning business. You teach people that. You've done it once. You're in a new town. You need money. Go do a second one. Mm -hmm. Optimize the second time. But this time, why don't you start that podcast you've been talking about doing and report in every single twice a week how you're doing on the business and show them that you can actually do it. Don't just talk about it. No action talk only. And so I'm like, no. uh, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. And that's what this, um, it started out the solo cleaning school podcast, eventually switched it over. But the first 150 episodes is going from um, two offices, no houses, upwards of, um, I think we, we got up to 17, 18 clients, um, about 50% houses, 50% offices and revenue. And 
here we are back to $70,000 a year mm. profit. And I'm cleaning two days a week. It took me 18 months. It's on the podcast, how I did it. Yeah. And here I am like, oh, this is pretty sweet. Um, so I just lost track of what the question was. Let me come back to the question. What was it again? Because I want to fi- yep. finish up this thought. Oh, the commercial cleaning, right? Yeah. Okay, yep. thank you. Going Sorry from about that. residential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Butterfly, butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's, so here I am. It's, um, it's 2020, March. Some things happened that month in March 2020. And I got 50% yeah. of 50% house, 50% office. I'm also running groups and I'm seeing the industry because I'm 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 out there watching. I watched many house cleaning companies lose 50 to 90% of their business during COVID. And I saw mm. and I saw a lot of my friends in commercial cleaning that doubled. Yeah. They grew. And I'm like, and in, the, in our own business, um, it, this shirt says Car- Carfagno Cleaning. We're Carfagno Commercial Cleaning in the Philadelphia area, the Indian Valley of Pennsylvania. So it's C3. I mean, you mentioned earlier C3 Commercial Cleaning. It's actually Carfagno Commercial Cleaning. So C- the C3 experience, C3 team. So I saw in my own, in their own business, we had a mixture of both. All the houses are like, we don't need you for a little while. And one actually paid us um, half to not show up. I'm like, cool. <laughs> and then, but all the offices, um, only one paused us. Uh, the others all kept us and two of them actually increased some of what they needed. And so it turned out we still lost, we still went down in revenue. But if it wasn't for the commercial, it, we would have been, I mean, it would have been tough. Now, oh. since then, residential has come back. Commercial is, everything's taken off. So we're back to where we were. It taught me something. So a couple of things I thought about, is that an anomaly? If that ha- if something else happened, would residential get wiped out again? And to my residential friends listening to this, like, no, Ken, that's, that's well, the way I perceived it at that time, I'm thinking I, I walked through this and commercial was strong. And then I had some preferences building up. You know what? I like being home during the day. I'm cleaning at night, offices, nights and weekends. That's cool. I'm home during the day with my, my wife. We homeschool. I'm with right. my kids. So why not? Just go clean on weekends. And I, we can do our family trips during the week. I'm home all week and we can go places, go to the beach and all the people, all the crazy people that cause traffic, they're at work or yeah, not. Right. And so we work on the weekends when they're out doing their stuff. Not a bad deal. So commercial sounded good in that aspect. And then I did, a, I did this, um, this, this kind of analysis, the engineering in me. And it's a nine box thing where I put it on a it's kind of in boxes, all the things I was doing and which ones are low profit low drama, which ones are, well, there's nine of them, but I'll just do this, the simple four, four box version, low profit, low drama, low profit, high drama, high profit, high drama, high profit, low drama. And I ended up putting the house cleaning under high profit, high drama. And the commercial cleaning, I put in high profit, low drama. And so because of that, and the other things I mentioned, I want to do commercial. And then to, then to solidify the rest of it, uh, a friend of mine in the industry, um, if you haven't had him on the show, grab him. His name is Josh Melton. And he's my coach. He's been coaching me in commercial cleaning. He runs Athens Cleaning Company, obviously out of Athens, Georgia. And he blew my mind. I brought him on my podcast as a friend and just want to interview him and see what his vision was. The episode was called The Cleaning Road to Nineveh. Yeah, le- okay. I listened to it. Okay, so on that interview, Josh Melton laid out what he does, his model. And it was the 
first time I ever heard a business model that I could believe in that I could scale. I said, Josh, would you coach me? Would you help me? Absolutely. And that model was, it cemented it for me. All those factors I said, and then the model of, I'm a professional, the GE guy. Can I find other GE guys or other professionals, accountants, paralegals, bank managers, bank tellers, people in customer service, office managers that have really great professional day jobs, but they could use some extra money to pay off maybe some Dave Ramsey kind of baby steps. They want to, they want to get out of debt. They want to go on some, some vacations. They need some extra bucks, like 500 bucks extra a month would, would really help them out. And they could come work in, in the same settings they work in, they could clean, because that's the type of buildings we go for. They could clean those exact same types of buildings part-time after they finish their day job, nights or weekends. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> and once I, once I bought in, that's when the potential of Florida for a month started. And since that moment in 2021, um, we've been able to go to Florida twice for a month. And each time, it's, awesome. it, yeah, it's amazing. And it serves as a milestone, like year to year. Like first time in Florida, it was duct tape and glue holding a business together that we could go to Florida. And this time we had a supervisor in place with a few more team members this, this past February. And I, I told my wife, I told my coach, coach Josh, I said, you know what? If the things that happened that, that they kind of screwed up while we were gone this time, customer complaints, Couple employees getting sick didn't show, couldn't show up. If that had happened the previous year, we would have ditched Florida and had to drive home. And so, thankfully, we were able to like take the get rid of the tape and and make it more solid. And so now we're going back to Florida again next February. And it's like, okay, we're in a sprint, basically eleven month <laughs> sprints to get the business. To now we're gonna we're gonna double the business and double the number of team, mm -hmm. add another layer of management. So we're just like growing state Florida trip to Florida trip right now, but with the intention, and this is very important. Um, a lot of people in the commercial cleaning, in any in in the, in the cleaning industry in general, I've talked, I've interviewed both, I've talked to many. There's such a heavy focus on revenue, revenue, revenue. Let's go after revenue, revenue. Nothing wrong with going after revenue. It's important. Like let's get to seven figures. Let's get, get eight figures. I want to get there. I want to get to seven yeah. figures. I'm more concerned about lifestyle. I have always been interested in time, freedom for my family. I have that. Now we, we need to make more money. And so as we've grown a business, going from solo to now a team, you know, that profit went like that. And so we're building a team now and, 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 and looking to, to, to get back to where you can make a hundred thousand a year. We're not there yet. And then go from there. So we got the time freedom. So now I'm building level to level to increase our income and not lose the time freedom we have. I don't want to lose the time freedom. I don't want to lose the traveling. There, That's the way we're, we're looking at it from, from like Florida to Florida, building it with lifestyle in mind. And there's nothing more important than creating memories. Uh, those are things, you know, talking about revenue. You can't ever replace memories. You can't put a price on it. And, uh, you know, that's something that I learned from a young age. Uh, like you, heavily invested in my family, so I completely, uh, completely understand. Have that same mindset as as you. Um, I want to focus on the smart cleaning school. Yeah, I mean, this is something that really took off, and uh, you started the podcast. You mentioned it, then you were able to include. You mentioned Josh, other successful people in the industry. I want to go a little in depth with 
the lessons over. I, I mean, I printed off your syllabus and I was like, holy cow. Over, I need to 60, simplify that. <laughs> over 60 lessons in depth for people who want to make this their reality. And, and it is their goal. Um, the, the process you went through and coming up with this, because it is revolutionary, um, groundbreaking for uh, the industry, for people to, mm. to have an opportunity to reach their goals just like you have. Mm. Well, thank you, first off. Um, that's humbling. I, I really appreciate that you took the time. And in this whole interview, I mean, big, big shout out to you, Tim. I mean, you you having just incredible research and you're the first one that's gone and listened to as many of my podcasts, dug into my story and has sent me an outline essentially of my life story and, and type of questions you might ask. So, I, so uh, I do have a little bit of prep on, on the types of questions, but I'm just so amazed at the level of research you put in. I mean, the, your attention to detail and your attention to the, to building this craft, the art of the craft you're doing. It's impressive. I've, Thank I've, you been, so much. I've been in this realm now podcasting for a while and you're crushing it. Like you, you made me feel special by putting as much effort into learning about me and to pull up a 60 lesson syllabus and look at it. <laughs> uh, let, let me, let me kind of bundle it all together. Yeah. Um, Cause I've been, I've been like searching for the clarity of what I'm doing exactly. So I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing the interview. And here's what it boils down to. Here's what the smart cleaning school is. It is a place for newer cleaning business owners, whether they're side gig hustling, residential or commercial. And they're, they're, they're still kind of job minded. They have a mentality that's not fully washed in business owners mindset. They need a place to learn business, pricing, leadership, hiring, the things they need to build a company. And I will teach them how to start out and get the mindset to grow. I am also an ambassador. So I, so I personally would coach the solos, the newbies and the solos to start and to optimize. And the kind of the tagline of the, of the solo elite, which, which has the ISO model course that you just referenced, is essentially solo cleaners. Would you like to earn $50,000 a year profit, profit on under 20 hours per week cleaning without employees or subcontractors? Would you like that? People like, yeah, that sounds amazing. A couple of days a week, under 20 hours a week. That's what my ISO model teaches them. I'll come back to that. But then I, in a bigger sense, in, in one of the last lessons in that syllabus, once, once I teach someone how to optimize their solo business, there's three paths they can go. And this is where the soul, this is where my podcast also is, is huge, is that you can either, you know, you got an optimized solo cleaning business, you love it, you can stay a solo cleaner. That's S number one. You can sell your solo cleaning business. I've done number one. I've done number two. I was a solo cleaner for 14 years. You can sell or you can scale. Set, stay, sell, scale. I've Plenty of all, options. I've done all three. But when you start from a, when you start from making 50, 60, 70,000 profit by yourself, you can afford the inertia and the momentum it's going to require to really go and invest into the tools, the softwares, the employees, the insurances, and the legal to go and scale a company. I see a lot of companies that are trying to scale so soon, they're not making any money mm -hmm. and they go, they, 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 they bomb out. And so I want to get them to that place. And that's why the Smart Cleaning School is now an ambassador for the industry 
residential and commercial. And I'm bringing on the best and the brightest of, of influencers. And I want to dig into the, not how would you build your business? What you've been doing with me, I do with them. I dig into people's stories and their history and their childhood. What makes them tick and bring these people's stories to the industry and let them relate to them. Let them see how human these people really are. And that helps um, me to promote them. Hey, you don't, you're past solo cleaning. I need this, Ken. Well, you need this person. Listen to this podcast. You need this person. And so now I can, I can be a promoter like Don King in a sense, right? From the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> yes. And I, can, I can kick people out and say, you don't need to be a solo cleaner anymore. You need to be here. So that's what the Smart Cleaning School is. If the podcast is at the center, the, you know, the, the newsletter, the, the blog, the social media, the, and then the people that um, need me specifically for coaching, that's the solo elite. And I think you were asking about that, the 60 syllabus, 60 course thing or modules. I do need to simplify it uh, because it's, it's a few years old, but essentially here's what this is. The three steps to that question I asked. Would you like to earn $50,000 per year profit working less than 20 hours per week without employees or subs? Would you like that? Yes. Check that box. No. Well, I'm not for you. Go somewhere else and I can kick you like Don King and tell you where to go. Fine. But if you want that, there's three steps. ISO model. Initialize. Stabilize before you can optimize. Initialize, you think of it like a table with, with legs. You, you, you gotta, gotta build some legs. You gotta build some legs. I put some legs up there. That's initialized. You gotta learn what the heck you're doing with a sponge and how to clean, how to run a vacuum cleaner. Some basics of cleaning, you gotta know. You can learn some business owner's mindset from the podcast. You need that. That's initializing a company. Being le- getting legit. Getting legit. Stop cleaning. <laughs> For like your aunt Sally down the street and putting your stuff up in the laundromat or whatever and selling your services for less than half of what they should be and you have no insurance. Like stop that. Stop using your your private bank account for your business expenses. Like become a real business. And so these kind of things are initialized and get in the get your first couple clients. I have some metrics and some KPIs I use along here. Uh, but then the set the second thing is like. Build the platform, build the table now that goes on those legs. You're building something that's strong. It's, it can be supported. Stabilize is do the things you're doing, do them all better and go hustle until your recurring profit is greater than your family's budget needs per month. So if the family needs 6,000 a month to live off of, to not be in, be homeless, whatever, Go create six thousand in profit. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you don't raise your prices. I don't care if you don't get great get great prices or if you take forever. I don't care if you're working six seven days a week. Just go get it done. That, that builds, hustle that builds the foundation to play the optimizer's game, which is my favorite part. <laughs> and um, that's what that's what the ISO model is. And the optimizer's mm-hmm. game is: Hey, you're you're working your butt off. You're frustrated. You're you're making. You're making say fifty thousand a year, sixty thousand, but you're or whatever. But now we look at the numbers, and now we start messing with the business, and we start going through some of my optimizers tools to take your schedule and shrink it, and take your average client and increase it in value and price 
And so that's one option they want to, or some say, I still want to, I still want to work five days. And so Ken, you made 50, 60 on two days a week. Can I, well, that scales. You could also be a solo mm-hmm. clear making 140,000 a year, making working six days a week. You can absolutely do that. But that physical toll, I don't recommend it because it'll wipe you out. So find your Very balance. So. But that's what the ISO model is. And that's where kind of smart cleaning fits in. Um, I am a huge promoter of all the coaching programs that are out there in our industry, of all the tools and software. I, I'm positioning the smart cleaning school to be an entry point to all the new people to go get educated for free. And then let me be the funnel to push them into the right, the right place. And if they if they want to optimize a solo cleaning business, join my solo elite membership. That's the place where you're going to learn that ISO model and get the access to that course. Now, Ken, I've got to ask when somebody does complete the entire program, is there a graduation ceremony, a virtual ceremony where you get that diploma? I have to know. <laughs> I actually saw that question you put on the list. <laughs> I'm like, should I be, should I be really like sound like I have all, have it all together and say, Oh yeah, we have this nine step. Pro-. Like, so the answer is no, <laughs> I don't have like a special graduation, but I will say that those uh, that I have interviewed on my podcast, a few that have succeeded. And the, I mean, the number one interview that I have was the one of the, my first episodes. Um, and it was with Andrea McCoy and she actually, that is the number one most downloaded downloaded um, of my 45 interviews. That's the most downloaded. And she's a solo cleaner that had optimized. And I had a few that I interviewed um, that have done that. So when they graduate, probably the thing is to interview them, put them on the podcast and let them brag. Absolutely. So, yeah. I don't want to take up any more of your time. I've just got one more question. I, I thought something on one of your most recent episodes uh, really caught my eye. And I know it's something that I think that listeners are going to want to hear. You mentioned a great slogan. You said, be a pirate, not a pioneer. So many people right now in the industry are stressed, spending so much time trying to reinvent the wheel instead of taking a piece of treasure here and there from other people in industry. Don't try to duplicate something you know it it it's simpler to focus on what has worked mm. instead of well i could do it this way <laughs> so in all that what's kind of the question to it like what was my thought process there or just the how you came up with that how people can apply it and not stress about it because everybody of course wants to come up with their own great idea. Okay. Yeah. So this is going to go back to, let let me take you to a conference I went to back in the end of March, cleaning and cleaning and cocktails with with Ricky Regalado, Michael Brown, Ricky Regalado. Sorry, I got all mixed up there. Um, I was like blown away when they asked me to be the MC of that conference. I'm the the MC. I'm like, oh, can I tore it up by the way? Well, I thank you. Yeah, I saw some of the clips on on social media. Very impressive, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, while I was there, I met as my first ever commercial cleaning conference. I've never met people from the industry outside of a few friends I had, and one of the one of the new friends I met, I met his name is uh, Brian Comiskey, and I put this in in the podcast. He's he's legacy cleaning out of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And I'm talking to Brian afterward, and he's like, "Hey, you did a great job, MC." I'm like, "Well, thank you." I said, "What's your takeaway?" 
And he says, actually, last night, um, one of the speakers, Tara Wegg, um, and she's MSNW out of Washington, big company, and she's very active on LinkedIn. And she shared something simple. She's like, like, here's my here's my secret to success. Copy, 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 duplicate others. And Brian had said to me, my big takeaway, he says, what's Tur- what Terrell said, Terrell said the night before, it's, uh, you know, be a pirate, not a pioneer. Yeah. I'm like, I said, Brian, so I'm, this isn't mine. Like I told, I stole it from Brian. Maybe he stole it from someone else. And, and I'm like, pirate, like what? Explain that. I said, by the way, you have a podcast episode in the making right now as you explain this. <laughs> and he says, think like, be a pirate, copy, 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 go and steal successful stuff. Don't pioneer. You can pioneer stuff. That's like, we're entrepreneurs. You can't stop that. But why recreate a wheel when you don't have to? And, and it took me back to my early entrepreneur days in Amway. And they built, that whole model is successful because of the franchising prototype model. And the way that a franchise works, and I heard, I heard this early on in my entrepreneurial career, was um, a company like McDonald's, they are the prototype franchise. And they're the most successful of all time. When I first learned about this early on, there was like 40,000 stores at that point. I don't know what they have now. And they have each franchise owner is, has access to a system that they have to copy or they won't be successful. Copy it or fail. <laughs> so copy. And then they have a distribution company to get all the same exact supplies from. So every franchise looks exactly the same. The same supplies, the same training. And we built their model the same way. And I, I understood early on, if I want to be successful in this type of business, I need to find the model and copy the successful model. So when I heard that at the conference, I'm like, yeah, well, duh, I've known that for years. But then when Brian repackaged it into the pirate pioneer, I'm like, podcast. <laughs> and so Checking how do people, me. yeah. So how do people approach this? I mean, whatever your personality, whatever your bend, whatever your desire to be creative in your entrepreneur, in, in your cleaning company, absolutely go do those things. But I would highly recommend as you're building your strategy to go find the strategy that already works. There's already been pioneers that have done the work. If you want to build, like at that conference I was at, like Ricky had built an eight-figure company. Mm -hmm. Many people there had built seven, eight-figure companies. Some of them as big as $50 million. I'm like, whoa, maybe I would like to have lunch or grab grab something, grab a coffee with one of those guys and say, how did you do it? and copy successful patterns. The successful copy of the successful. So don't be the pioneer that thinks I'm gonna create my own seven-figure cleaning business without learning from anyone else. Like that's just dumb. So that'd be my advice. And then use your creativity to put your own flair into it and find your own little subtleties. And then you take the things you pioneer within the working frameworks and help those and help other people. And it's like, for me, I. I, I ended up being a pioneer. I never planned on it, but in the realm of solo cleaning, which most people in the industry, they look at like, yeah, you know, solo cleaning, that's not a business. They're just a cleaning job, like whatever. When you hire people, then come talk to me, I'll help you. Like maybe not so much, but they're not like, we, we the solo cleaners, I'm not a solo cleaner anymore. I was, um, I'm, you know, we're building a big co- a company. But when I was a solo cleaner, there's a feeling that solo is so, S-O-L-O-W so low and there's a feeling of that like we're not we're not we're not real businesses and like no and there's like a little bit of a pride thing like yeah we are and so i did pioneer my own like 
I, I, it's funny to say that because I'm asking like people can pay me to pirate <laughs> the, the pioneered system that I built, the ISO model. So I, I'm on both ends. I am, I am a pirate as I built, as I scale my business, but I was the um, pioneer on the solo part. So I think that answers your question somewhere in there. <laughs> Ken, I, I appreciate you coming on the show here today, sharing your story, your wealth of knowledge in the industry and seeing you persevere it really is just a heartwarming story and how anybody the right determination that right focus that mindset you can get it done and be successful how can people uh, listen or subscribe to your podcast and follow you on social media as well yeah Tim, thank you so much. Thank you for the work, the effort, the research you put into learning about me. Um, that really made me feel special. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, and I really enjoyed this. Um, I, I get to, you, you kind of flip the mic on me. I do this all the time for others to hear that story. It was so much fun telling my own. Thank you for that opportunity. Um, for those that are interested in, in, um, in learning about the Smart Cleaning School, um, first and foremost, go to my website, smartcleaningschool.com. You can do backslash podcast right there on the front page, um, the main page there. Um, there's there's some free giveaways. You can join the mailing list and, and get connected with me. So I encourage you to do that. If you're a solo cleaner, grab that solo cleaning quick start guide and any of the free resources I have. I have a bunch of free stuff on there. There's over almost 400 episodes of the podcast. And it's uh, there's a bunch. And as far as social media, um, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram all under uh, Ken Carfagno. And I've got some pages for Smart Cleaning School, but just read the personal pages, the best place to reach me as far as that. And the podcast, you can, you can go to any of your players and just type in Smart Cleaning School and start from wherever you want. Ken, it's been a great journey. I thank you so much. And uh, uh, thank you for connecting with me. As like I said, I'm still getting... Uh, getting experienced in the industry. So I do appreciate your connection and friendship, my friend. Uh, that will conclude this month's edition of the Business of Cleaning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. From everyone at Janitorial Manager, my guest, Ken Carfagno, I'm Tim Clagg saying so long. Until next time.